Welcome to episode 5 of In the Stacks with Barry and LaToya. Uh, this episode is going to be entitled LaToya's Head Cold. Yeah. Those of you who were here last week uh, know that was Barry's head cold. Uh, Barry still has a little bit of a head cold. LaToya now has a full-blown head cold. It's nice that you're talking about yourself in the third person. Well, yeah. <laughs> you know. But yeah, I feel horrible this week. I, I want to blame you for it, but I don't think we were around each other enough last week for, for me to say it's your fault. No, no. And I, I picked up some Alaskan bug. Okay, so I'm not mine's sure what just a regular is. Milledgeville Edenton crud, yeah. I guess. So if you hear a lot of hacking and sniffling and stuff <laughs> like that, you know, just bear with us. Hopefully yeah, just bear up. with us this week, period, because I think we're both so out of it. <laughs> that yeah. I'm, I'm taking some meds right now, so I'm. I, so far the past few hours of me being awake has been pretty much a haze, mm. which is horrible. You know what happens when, you, when you're driving down the road and you don't even remember having gotten in the car or getting to your destination. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, it's it's one of those days. Well, it's going to be an exciting episode. We have a guest today. Yes. Uh, we're going to be joined later on by Annette Lang, uh, who is an author. She writes uh, children's books that kind of help uh, teach them about history in an exciting and fun way. Mm-hmm. So she's going to join us later on via phone. Yes. Via the still unnamed hotline. Yes. <laughs> uh, we've had nobody, nobody, you know, take us up on this. No, for a Anyone very small there? fee, it, it gets smaller every week. <laughs> I know. I will name the hotline for you. It could even be something cute, like, um, you know, you give me a hundred bucks, I'll call it the, you know, Ken loves Stacy hotline or whatever. Oh, that's that's. So beautiful. you know, if you if you have a girl named Stacy or or whatever, <laughs> a know. guy named Ken, that sounds. It good. It could be a guy named Stacy, I guess. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we'll go and uh, get started then. Uh, Library news. The library's still open. Yeah, we're <laughs> fortunately. That's, that's good. I know it is good considering yeah. um, with the economy the way it is. But yeah, we're wrapping up the um, vacation reading club. We're at about 1,705 participants. So we're still about 100 shy of last year's number. Something like that. And I guess as it nears the end, it's it's. I, I don't think it's really looking like we're going to be hitting that 1,800 mark. But I still think it's a very strong showing. Yeah. Yeah, I just like it always to get better. I know, I know, but yeah. just for right now, I'm just glad it's still consistent. So, yeah. so yeah, um, so we are wrapping that up. Um, I know that the staff is really looking forward to the lull that happens right after, where everyone starts to go back to school, and so things start to slow down around here a bit. Um, but yeah, that's the biggest thing. We're still, you know, again, wrapping stuff up. We, of course, you know, we still encourage everyone to use the library for our regular services. Most people don't realize we have notary services, proctoring services. A lot of stuff that we do is either minimum or no cost. So, you know, we're not a free library, but we are, we do have things that are very inexpensive or I guess affordable for everyone. Yeah. And it is a terrific Thursday this week. Yes, it is. So, um, it's Kinscott. No, that was that was previously. We have um, who, who do we have this week? Pete Griffin, I think. Pete Griffin, yeah, yes. Birds of Prey. Birds of Prey, yes. It yes. yeah. uh, comes from the Department of uh, Natural Resources. Yes, yes. So that should be exciting. Great I show. know it, it went well when we previously had him. So, so yeah, we're looking for a good show today. Yeah. Well, I was just thinking because it's going to be magical. So yeah. that's what led me to think. Of right, right. It's a good cover. Show, good yeah. cover. <laughs> but um, also, um, we're getting ready for library fair. Yes. September. September eighteenth. Um, you could be a sponsor. You know, we have sponsorship levels as low as fifty dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll be included in our advertising and 
definitely included in our in our hearts. Yeah. So how's ours. that coming along? I know that you've been kind of getting some sponsorship yeah, in. Yeah, we've brought in about a little over seven hundred dollars so far. Okay. Um, which isn't bad. No, no. Um, obviously, you know, we like need a lot more. Mm-hmm. Last year, I think we brought in about three thousand in. Wow. In sponsorships. So, hopefully, you know, it's only been a week or two since I sent out the letters. So hopefully, those will keep coming in. I know okay. it's a tight economy, but we certainly could use the money. Yep. Um. So and, and again, you know, I, I'll name stuff after people. <laughs> You're so, into you know. this whole naming kick. It's like, oh, I'll I, know, name I want this us to be like NASCAR. You. I want to just... like our uniforms. <laughs> To have like you know Pittman's towing on the side yeah. and uh, the brick on the other side. That'd be and, so cool. Yeah. Yeah. That could be awesome. Huh. Okay. So I think that's about it as far as library news this week. Partly because I'm afraid I'm going to start sneezing in a minute. Um. So let's always people in the in a minute this week. Actually, I'll be honest. I really don't have anything. I know you're looking at it. Well, it's just last week. I have to admit, you did a piss poor thing last week. Okay? Yeah, I know. You know, I know. and then this week. It's I'm sick. Can I just like blame it on that, that I'm just not feeling well? So you're telling me that you have not kept up with entertainment news? I've looked at a little bit. It hasn't, like the stuff that's on there right now is not really appealing to me. I mean, a, a good majority of stuff has been about the 4th of July, and 4th right. of July playlists, and it's like, okay, whatever. You know, a couple of people have gotten married, but not anything major. Um, what is that? Um, Brian Austin Green and Megan Fox got married. Yeah, yeah. Um, which What's I'm like, he doing hey, these days? I don't even know. <laughs> I honestly don't know. And for those of you who are curious who he is, he was previously on 90210. Yeah, the original. which was a long time ago. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, but I don't think he's doing anything. I mean, I'm I, sure he's doing something. but Probably. And of course, Megan Fox is, you know, doing yeah. stuff. So. I'm surprised I haven't seen him like a sci-fi original or something. He seems made for those. That's true, yeah. yeah. But Megan Fox, though, is starring in bigger budget uh, movies that will eventually show up on sci-fi, like Jonah Hex. Yeah, which I heard was a huge flop. Yeah, a big flop, yeah. You know, yeah. I There was nothing appealing about that movie, so. Well, you know, it's based on a comic book, and the comic book is, uh, yeah, I'm not a big Westerns person. Yeah, yeah. You know, but the comic book's different than that. They added a... The ability to talk to dead people they had it in the movies, that's not in the comic. Oh. Um, well, it's surprising that they would choose a, a lesser-known comic, I guess you could say. I mean, not that I'm into comics, but I have never Well, Jonah Hex is a very critically acclaimed comic. Okay. It's been around since the Well, 70s. you know what that means. That's like, you know, yeah. clue word for no one reads it or no one watches it kind of well, thing. Well, in the early days, he was obviously based on Clint Eastwood. Okay. He was supposed to be Clint Eastwood, only horribly scarred and disfigured. Yeah. Um... And once Eastwood got too old to play the role, I think they should have just stopped thinking Trying about to, it. oh, okay. So, so yeah, I mean, it, it's been a very slow news week on people. No sex tapes or anything out there? Not that I've seen. Well. <laughs> Sounds horrible. No, 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 I'm taking that back. None that I've heard about. None that you've downloaded there recently. There you go, nothing that I've downloaded recently. But no, it's just, again, nothing that's been of real big interest to me. Um, big Brother comes back this week. Yes, yes. Thursday, Thursday, right? This Thursday. It's set on my DVR. So Is it a one-hour premiere? You know, I'm not sure. I know. I'm you know, coming. this is your segment. I know. It's your horrible. name is in the segment. I know. It's even worse. And I'm already feeling horrible. Thanks for making me feel worse. Well, it's just, you know, I would when we decided to record the show, yeah. know, I said it's time to record the show. I figured you'd run... Get something. Well, I did look for stuff, and I was like, there's nothing on here that I really want to actually spend time talking about. 
So, you know, I, I don't know. I just think you should apologize to all 12 people who downloaded this podcast. <laughs> I think 12 is pushing it. But no, so it's <sighs> it's Latoya's, I guess it's Latoya's people in a nanosecond this time. I mean, we talked about people, sort of. Okay, moving on. Wow, we're going to be done in like 10 minutes I today. I know. So, hey, this is great. Absolutely great. So... Do the lead-in for our next segment, Barry. Well, uh, today is Stump the Chump. Obviously, we do this every week. Um, and basically how this works is we bring in a guest. Sometimes it's a staff member. Sometimes it's not. We have a different theme every week, which the guest does not know about. And uh, we always kick things off, of course, with uh, a visit from the Stump the Chumps singer, uh, who is, of course, Mr. Kel Carpenter. Now, Kel, last week... Not your best week. Yeah, yeah. Last week it just wasn't a great week for so, singing. Do you have something better this week? Uh, you know, I, we can we can do something pretty good this week. I think. All right, I'm ready for it. Okay, so we're we're doing patriotic this week. Yes, the theme this week is patriotic okay. stuff in in honor of July Fourth, which it. just I've passed. Okay. Uh, we you know we could we could go traditional if you like. Are uh, you gonna do America the Beautiful or something? Yeah, America the Beautiful is a great song. It ought to be our. It ought to be our national anthem it's yeah. much easier to sing than the Star Spangled Banner I think what about Living in America by James Brown oh no that's a great song too yeah. uh, I could probably do something like that yeah uh, let's see uh, I have to think for a second I wasn't ready uh, <laughs> seems yeah. to be the theme again this week Latoya had nothing for the people in a minute I segment. had something it no, was very no, short no it was okay. I don't have anything All right. and then she like when I made fun of her, she came up with something. I mean, I, I just wasn't ready for this one, but I could probably do at least a, a part okay. of the chorus. All right, well, let, 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 me, let me clue both of you in. We're going to do this once a week. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe oh after the show today, begin preparing for next week. Well, I thought you were all about, you know, the natural chemistry and just doing it right, off the cuff. Right, right, but obviously that's not working, <laughs> okay? Because, see, I can be spontaneous with my stuff. But obviously, it's not working. I could be spontaneous. We spoke for a little bit. We spoke for about two minutes on how there was nothing you had. We Mm. talked about uh, Megan Fox and Brian Austin. Yeah, all right, all right. Well, let's move on. (sighs) Okay, I'll I'll give you my best uh, snippet of chorus from Living in America. All right. Living in America. Dun, 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 dun. Ha! I feel good. Is that okay? That was awesome. All right, there we go. That was awesome. Okay, so this week's Stump the Chump contestant is our library assistant, Matt Phillips. Yes, Matt, thank you for joining us. Come on over. Where is it? We need you right here in the special chump chair. Yeah, this is kind of a surprise to him. We just kind of grabbed him, so. Yeah. Now, uh, Matt, the way it works, uh, have you listened to the show before? I listened to the first one. Uh, didn't come back for any more after that, huh? <laughs> Well, uh, yeah, so you know the general thing it works. We, we have a theme. This week's theme is patriotism. Oh, great. That's so it's nice. basically American history. And uh, we're going to ask you five questions. You have to get three of them right to win the prize. Now, just for playing, you get a button. Yes. Yes. Yeah, which I'm sure you've seen other people. Yeah, I saw them. Jared with his the other day. Yes. Yeah. Highly coveted. Yes, yes. Yes. And then there's a prize if you get three. Okay. Okay. But if you don't get three, then you'll join Kel as being the only losers we've ever had on the show. Okay. So, Now, first, introduce yourself. Tell us a little about you. Uh, my name is Matt. I've been here since July of last year, so I'm coming up on a year. Awesome. So, uh, 
I think I'm one of the very few assistants who uh, have been hired after receiving a rejection letter. So that <laughs> that's cool. true. So, that is true. Yeah, so that's me. I'm one of the more uh, vocal. Yeah, that vocal he's being nice. Voice. He's like <laughs> the more vocal. Yeah. <laughs> he's our disciplinarian. There yes. Go. Jared's the disciplinarian this morning. Really. You'll have to tell us after the show. <laughs> now, Jared last week uh, won. He which did, was shocking. Uh, he did yeah. Wonder Woman trivia. Yeah, I saw the cup, which yeah. I really wanted because uh, we have these, have you seen the really small cups downstairs? Yeah. yeah. Actually, that is your, your prize this the week. Fluoride, yeah. The fluoride containers? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay, well, let's get started. Now, all these questions actually <clears throat> have to do with the American Revolution. Okay. So five questions. There are multiple choice. There are no true faults. Oh, well, thank you for saying that this time and yes. not, you know, giving the false hope that there is. Yes. Number one, what are the two places that the shot heard round the world refer to? Was it Concord in Trenton, Lexington in Boston, Lexington and Concord, or Boston in Trenton? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm gonna go with uh, I go with B. Is that was that what was B? That was Lexington and Boston. Yeah, let's do that one. That is incorrect. Yeah. The answer was Lexington and Concord. Okay. All right. Okay. That's all right. I don't think anybody's ever gotten the first question right. No, sorry, I... sorry, Boston. Yeah, it's probably <laughs> nerves. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, so, Matt, you should see Matt's face. He's like. I'm um, still kind of waking up. I'm not really No, I, I got up early this morning. I went on a walk. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, he's recovering from his walk. I, yeah, it was such it. a brisk 20-minute walk. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now, I know you'll know this one. Okay. Who was the British king during the war? Oh, it was King George. That is correct. Oh. Yeah, see? All right. So you got one. You need two more to win the coveted cup. Number three. What system was used by the colonists to send messages to each other? Was it the U.S. Postal Service? Mm -hmm. <laughs> the writs of assistance? The committees of correspondence? Or was it standing, cuffing your mouth and going, Hey! <laughs> um, as much as I want to say it was the last one, uh, it's probably, I want to say B. Which was the writs of assistance? Yeah. It was incorrect. Okay, that's great. It was committees of correspondence. Okay, all right. Yeah. Yeah. They carried the messages on horseback to one another. Yeah, see, I was waiting for something. Like the Pony yeah. Express. Yeah, but I totally didn't even, yeah. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Number four. I think he's, he needs to get the last two, right? Yeah, I have to get them both right. Yeah, yeah. pressure's on. All right, join Kel. <laughs> okay. a loser. Yeah. yeah, you'll get this one. Which American general turned traitor and joined the British? Was it Benedict Arnold? Yeah, that was Benedict Arnold. Is that the guess? Yes, that's great. Yay! So, now, we're down to the last one. Okay. Right, you'll get this one. Who wrote the Declaration of Independence? Was it Thomas Jefferson? Yes, Thomas Jefferson. That's correct. Yay! Yay! So Matt wins. Yes. Awesome. So Kel is, continues to be the only person yes. who lost. Yes, he is a loser. Yes. He's Kel is a loser. Kel is a loser. Now, where, where's his prize? 
It's in my office. I'll, I'll be was, right here while you go. No, <laughs> I was kidding. rushing to be here on time for taping. She was rushing so much to be here, Matt. Yeah. She was totally unprepared for her segment. That's fine. I'll uh, just put it on my tab. Okay. I'll put it on your tab. Yeah, there uh, you go. <laughs> well, thank you so right, much for playing, welcome. and I'm yes, glad that you're not a loser. Okay. All right. Thank you. I'm going to go back to work. Yay. Now. Okay. Right. Well, you're, this is still working? Okay. okay. All right. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. Yeah. Bye. I'm just, I'm just feeling like I'm the only one who prepares for these. I'm, I'm, no, see, look at my stuff from previous weeks. This week, I just, you know, I'm sick. Last week wasn't that great. But I still had notes last week. Yeah. I did. I'm sick. Can I say that again? I'm All right. sick. So next is supposed to be movie and TV chat. Yeah. Do you have anything for that? Well, I've been watching um, quite a bit of, bit of the world, Cop. Okay, who, who's your prediction to win it? Who's still in it? <laughs> well, how can you say oh you lead with I've world been watching cup. a lot of the world cup but you don't even know who's left <sighs> I, I don't even remember now who I'm pulling for I thought I, think it's like I know at one Ur point it was the Netherlands I was yeah Netherlands for. is playing Uruguay I believe yeah and, and Germany I is I taking on um, is it Spain because Ghana lost right yeah, yeah they I think lost so. but I'm pulling for Germany okay I'm going for the Netherlands no particular reason, but yeah. Okay, so yeah, I've been watching that, and then I've been obviously not stuff. very closely. Though. <laughs> I've been watching some stuff on my DVR. I've been clearing that stuff off. So last night I actually watched something on, on the golf, um, the golf oil spill, spill, which was you know, I'd actually had it on there for weeks, and I've been putting it off because just the whole thought of everything has been really depressing. And one of the things they notated on the documentary it was a Nat Geo. Um, documentary uh -huh. they're talking about how basically the oil spill is the size of Jamaica which you know to me is like you know I can relate obviously having grown up in Jamaica but it's just it's so discouraging to, yeah. to think about and they showed like Google images of, of the area and I mean all you want to do is kind of just cry or you know just the fact that it's not just hurting the the livelihood of people but the entire ecosystem in yeah. that area. Well, it's going to continue to for many, many years. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. The, the, the thought that BP would be like, oh, yeah, we're going to, you know, we're going to clean it up. It's like, really? Because you've done such a great job of stopping yeah. the oil leak. So. Well, that's that really brings us all down. I know. I'm sorry. Well, movie talk wasn't supposed um, to necessarily be this really great, exciting movie TV talk. Well, I, I've been watching uh, True Blood. It's mm -hmm. been a good season this year. Um Though for anybody out there who watches True Blood, I, one of the big things this season is that uh, Jason Stackhouse, you know, shot this guy named Eggs in the season finale of last Eggs? year. Eggs, Eggs, yeah, really, and um, and you know, so Andy is telling everybody he did it, so nobody knows Jason did it, and I, I'm like, I don't understand why, I don't get that, because you know, Eggs was all over Andy, and Andy was a, a police officer. I mean, Jason was obviously helping a police officer who's in trouble. Why not just tell the truth? I don't now that they're doing all these lies and stuff. I don't really get that. I, that that's a plot point that's confusing to me. I don't get it. I know you don't watch the show. No, but, uh, I actually stopped to... listening to you part part way through. I started yeah. thinking about toddlers and tiaras because I watched that episode, an episode last night. Why? Why did True Blood <laughs> remind you of that? Other than the fact that... they're both horror related. <laughs> no, I was just. I, I think I was trying to find something else to contribute. 
And so I zoned out and thought about. Yeah, the, during the recording is not really the time <laughs> to like look for material. You know, most know. people have this before we start recording. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Yeah. The sad thing is, people, there was a moment before I hit record where I said to her, are you ready? <laughs> I was like, yeah. That would have been the point at which she could have said, give me a minute. I think it would have taken far longer than a minute for me but to But yeah, you just said, okay. Yeah, because I was like, I'm just going to go with the flow. It's going to be great. Barry's not going to call me out or call attention to the fact that I'm... Not quite. You I know, think I would together. be doing a disservice if I did not comment on the fact that you have nothing. But I'm so spacey today. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, you're right. Okay, uh, I did watch an episode of Doctor Who, which I still uh, have weekend. not been watching. I'm several episodes behind. Yes, still. I'm still seven behind. Which the season's actually wrapped in the UK. The, oh, okay. the, the season finale actually aired, I think, last weekend. So we should be getting it this weekend or next weekend. Yeah. Um, I, I watched the finale of the two-parter with the Return of the Angels. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there were some good moments, but overall it just didn't make any sense. Yeah. I mean, the whole thing didn't make sense. There was so, every, every two or three minutes, I was like, yeah, but, what? You know, yeah, at one point. I don't know how, if we're together in terms of how far along we've watched. I, I don't know. But at one point, point, Amy's like, not Blind. looking at the angels. Yeah. Or, yeah, she, yeah. Right. And, and they're like, okay, but you need to pretend like you, you can see. Yes. Okay. I have All seen right. that episode. And the angels are all around her. Uh-huh. Don't the angels hear Doctor Who say? <laughs> pretend. pretend? Can, yeah. I mean, it's on a radio. Yeah, yeah. They can hear. We've seen that they can hear. Yes. I know. That was just one thing. <laughs> that was just one of many. One of many things that I was like, what? Yeah. Like I said, I mean, I'm still a Doctor Who fan, but because of the way the season's been, I've not yeah. been in a huge hurry. I'm like, I've intentionally been watching other stuff in my DVR collection. Well, and you know, there's moments where Matt Smith will say cool things. Yeah. I think, you know, his performance to me is not that great. No. And they're trying to make him cool by giving him cool lines. You know, because there was a great moment where, you know, he's like, well, we're going to go in there, we're going to do this and this and this and this, we're going to save the world. And she's like, yeah, but how? And he's like, you know, I'm going to do a thing. Mm-hmm. And she's like, what What thing? And he's like, you know, I haven't thought of that yet. Just respect the thing. Yes. You know, that was that was a hilarious moment. But it, to me, it wasn't delivered particularly well. No. I'm not a Matt Smith fan yet, but maybe maybe it'll grow up. Maybe. Um, in terms of movies, I know, uh, you know, The Last Airbender opened. Yeah, which had horrible reviews. Horrible reviews. Although it looked okay. And I'm actually an M. Night Shyamalan fan. Right, yeah. I, I was hoping it was going to do well. Yeah, because um, it opened at what number two? Yeah, yeah, because Eclipse, of course, is still in the number one spot. Yeah. Airbender is number two, and then Toy Story three is number three. Which oh, I actually want to see Toy Story three. I still haven't seen. Toy Story it. three is a wonderful film. I watched um, this weekend the Pixar story. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a part of that. Yeah, I, I, I like that documentary, and um, they, they of course talked about the fact that that student or Pixar's done eleven films, and all of them have been hits. And so that's a bit of an anomaly. No studio or anything like that is able to produce hits like that. So. I'm, I'm looking forward to, you know, they're doing an adaptation of John Carter of Mars, which is an old pulp um, series. And um, it's actually going to be Pixar's first live action film. Really? It's going to be a mixture of live action and animation. Okay. Um, so it's going to have uh, William, Willem Dafoe, for instance, is going to play Tars Tarkas. Who's, I know you are totally unfamiliar yeah, here. Yeah. But anyway, and he's going to be a, a mix of CGI and stuff. And makeup. Um, 
So I'm really looking forward to that. Well, I'm I a think, big John Carter fan, and Pixar does quality stuff. Yeah, and that's just it. In the documentary, they thought of, they talked about how distinct they were in that, you know, they're like, Disney does their thing, and they're very specific in terms of their formula. And then Pixar does something completely different, but still maintains some of that magic, too that Disney has. And so when Disney acquired Pixar, because at first, you know, they had had a falling out for a while. Right, yeah. When they acquired them, they were talking, Pixar now is responsible for not just doing the the, um, the 3G or whatever stuff. Um, they're supposed to also be doing some 2D, um, or three, yeah, some going back to the old format because mm -hmm. um, the assumption was since these Pixar films are doing so great, the, it was putting others out of a job, the, the people who did 2D, and because the last 2D movies had been flops, pretty right. much, you know, and, and they're like, no, it's still a very viable art form. Um, oh, that so, princess movie, Princess and the Frog, Frog yeah. That did very well, right? Yeah, and I enjoyed it. It was, it yeah. was pretty good. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, it's, it's, I would recommend it. It was good. So, um, you know, I was looking at the Pixar list, and I've actually, I think... Of all the movies, I obviously haven't seen Toy Story 3 yet, but I also haven't seen Cars. I think those are the only you two. Never, you never saw Cars? No. I've seen all the others, the first and time I barely I saw cars, remember Bugs Life. So. I wasn't that impressed. It's gotten better on rewatching. Okay. Um, I haven't seen Up yet. Um, Beautiful movie. I've got it on DVR. Yeah, you I just have watched to it. see it. You yeah. have to see that. Just like, I loved Wally. Oh my oh, Wally's gosh. great, yeah. That is just a beautiful movie. So yeah, I mean, I've not I've not been disappointed in anything I've seen by Pixar. Yeah. And I didn't even realize until I watched the documentary that Steve Jobs is <laughs> very much into that too. I mean, he was yeah. the one to give them their initial startup money. So, which, you know, isn't really a huge surprise, but um but yeah, I love Pixar. Yeah. Um Is anything coming out soon movie-wise? Not that I want to see, I don't think. Um, I was trying to give some thought to that because it's like, oh, wait a second, there was a period there where stuff is all coming out and then now it's like this this kind of lull. Of... Well, uh, supposedly Eclipse is getting great reviews, okay. at least in terms of being better than the first two. Okay. Um, I did watch uh, New Moon <laughs> right. this weekend. Um, I know you said it had its moments. Well, yeah, I mean, the directing wasn't that bad. Um, I still think the two leads are just terrible, terrible actors. It's hard... It's hard to get past with the two main leads. <laughs> yeah, there were moments both the, so when wooden. I saw the movie that I was... And I told you, I'm, I'm not a fan of the acting in yeah. the movie. And I understand that it's an angsty story. Yeah. People respond to that. But um, it's like, you know, she's pining so much for Edward. In, in New Moon, you know, he goes away. Mm -hmm. And um, it's like, you know, what are you pining for? You're always miserable. <laughs> I mean, they never show us, like, you know, even if, even if they just showed it in, if, if they just focused on the sad stuff and then showed us in, you know, a montage, or, yeah. them running through a field holding hands and laughing and, and doing that kind of stuff. They don't, you know, it's just, Yeah, no, their moping. entire relationship is just drama. Yeah. It's just filled of, yeah. And I'm definitely on a team Jacob. He's a much... Better, yes, yes. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And yeah. he showed that, or they showed that in the second movie. Yeah. Um, so, yes, even though I'm not a Twilight fan, I've, of course, watched the first two movies. And Eclipse, I will see when it hits DVD. I'm not going to the theater to see it. And I'm sure Twihards have probably seen it 10 Well, yeah, it had a huge times. opening. Yeah. The, and then I noticed yeah. it tailed off incredibly over the course of the weekend. So I guess, you know, most people saw it right away. Right, right. But, um, 
I wonder how it's going to do long term. I think, I mean, I'm sure it's already probably broken over 200 million, hasn't it? Oh, I have no idea. Because I know the open was this past weekend the opening weekend? Yeah, it opened like last Tuesday or Wednesday night. And, um, yeah, because like I think 60 in that, yeah, 60, that first night. right. But yeah, no. So there's no upcoming movies I can think of right now that I'm like, oh yeah, I absolutely want to see that. I know my son definitely wants to see that Despicable, Despicable Me. Me. Yeah. He keeps talking about it. The commercials um, are cute. Yeah. But that's the Pixar, isn't it? No, I think it's, I thought it was DreamWorks. Oh, is it? Um, yeah, I thought it was DreamWorks. Okay. So, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Because I know with Pixar, which their stuff's more hit and miss every year. Um, I, I like most of the Shrek movies. I don't really care for Shrek three that much. Still haven't seen that one. Uh, we no, you haven't seen Shrek four. Oh yeah, I saw Shrek four. three yeah, at the theater. I saw yeah with you and Carrie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, There's so many of those movies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But um, I, I did not like that one with Will Smith. The the one with the shark. Oh, Shark's Tale. I didn't care for that. I actually kind of liked that one. That was stupid. At the car wash. Yeah, that was yeah. Yeah, the movie. The whole movie was stupid. <laughs> oh, yeah, I didn't mind that so mm. much. But yeah, you're right. DreamWorks isn't... Yeah, It's not Pixar. E- even Madagascar, which is funny. Yes. It wasn't they're not, great. They're not classics to me. No, they're not. They're yeah. not. Not like Finding Nemo is definitely going to be a classic. And the Ice Age stuff to me... I think I saw the first one. And I've then seen I the first stopped. two. And there's like moments in each one that I'll chuckle. Yeah. But there's a lot of stuff. I mean, I'm like, you know. And, and then I hear people say, oh, oh, Ice Age is so funny. And I'm like, really? <laughs> like and they must be the same the people same who movie? think that James Cameron's Avatar was the greatest, you know, the greatest movie, movie ever. ever made. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, let's not get started on that again. Yeah. Which, you know, I, I was surprised that The Last Airbender is called The Last Airbender. Because, you know, it's based on a cartoon. Them. Avatar. Avatar. Right. The last Airbender. And it was because I think it was because he came out first with his. Although the cartoon was first. Well, I know. But yeah, I didn't understand why he did that. And yeah. obviously, it's not like the movie makers were going to be like, oh, we're going to name it Avatar also. Yeah. But yeah, I didn't like that. But if, if I were in production on a film on, for The Last Airbender, and they've been in production for a while. Mm hmm. I would have slapped a cease and desist order on James Cameron before he put his movie out. Right, but do you, do you think that they were going to get well, away Nickelodeon with Nickelodeon is the person, people behind They're owned by Viacom. Well, yeah, but still, I I mean, I It wouldn't be like me stupid. suing James Cameron. You know, obviously, I'd have no chance. <laughs> the man's, you know, legal resources are much greater than mine. Right. But I guess they just didn't want to deal with all the drama. Although, yeah, I don't know why he couldn't have just changed the name. Because it's not like Avatar has any real significance in. Yeah, I mean, I, I understand why they call it Avatar. Yeah. But, you know. Um, well, I guess we should move on. I, I, I tried to save that segment. I hope I did. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> As I'm sitting here, just <laughs> wadding paper into my nose. and. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's one of those weeks, it's, it's a good thing we're not on the webcam. I know. Yeah, because it's nasty people. It is. I'm I'm tempted. It's horrible. Like when I'm at home, I look over. There's like a big old snot bubble. Like you stop it. That is not true. <laughs> but no, at home I usually have like because it's always like one nostril. stuck in. Yeah, yeah. I usually have the piece of t- yeah tissue stuck in my nose, just kind of sitting there for the TV mopey. And I'm like, oh, I can't really do that here. That's a little embarrassing. But it's better than the snot bubble. Just go and jam it up in there. <sighs> okay. So I guess we're gonna call Miss uh, Annette Lang. And uh, we're, we're calling her right now on the, the Nameless Hotline. And 
Hopefully, Elatoria will figure out how to activate the speakerphone option. Yeah, I'm trying to. Yeah, she's attempting to right now. Um, it's been a couple of weeks since we used the phone. Yeah, um, hang on just one second. I'm trying to figure, I really am trying to figure out the, the speakerphone option. Is there like a speaker button? Um, oh, this is horrible. Well, it, it doesn't show me a speaker button. Or it, it did, and then now it doesn't. Okay, I think, are you there? Oh, yeah, I'm here. Hello. Okay. I got it figured out. <laughs> it's one of those okay. days. I'm sorry. I'm I'm a little under the weather, but yeah, it but is, you're it here. It's definitely been one of those days. Well, yeah. I I should tell you guys. I'm hearing like um, feedback, like a quacking duck at the end of everything I say. So be warned. Okay. Yeah. Well, you sound fine on on our end. Okay. Good. Okay. Well, Annette, can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, I can hear you fine, Barry. <clears throat> Okay, well, um, I was I was hoping you could uh, tell us a little bit about um, the Snipesville Chronicles. I was looking on your website, and it seems like a, a really fun way to, to kind of impart some history to people while telling an exciting story, too, and I was wondering if you could tell the audience about it. Yeah, I'm, really, my, my first and foremost goal is, is to, to write a compelling story with great characters, and... I can't help writing about history because, um, please don't hold this against me, I'm, I'm a professional historian. I spent 12 years as a history professor and even now I can hear the sound of people hanging up on your podcast as soon as I say that. <laughs> I, promise, I promise I'm not that boring. Um, so, um, no, all this got started because I, I began um, working with children, um, which is a very un-history professor thing for me to do. And I had this kind of uh, demented idea that uh, I would pretend to be in the past with kids. And uh, I just wanted to do it once, get it out of my system. I'd been watching too many of those shows on PBS, you know, the ones about the 1900 house and the 1940s house. But uh, the program that I did uh, called Time Shop was just an absolute revelation. And watching all these kids from rural South Georgia pretending to be evacuees in World War Two really uh, fired my imagination and uh, I kept thinking gosh what would it really be like and when I looked at books on time travel for kids uh, you know fiction so much of it first of all portrayed the past as just like us but with funny clothes um, which isn't right and it also made it all sound such fun and I really wanted to write something that was a bit more believable and it struck me too that the huge contrast between modern life and life even in the recent past, you know, my first book is set in, in, in England in 1940 with these three kids from Georgia, uh, modern Georgia, going to England in World War Two. Even just 70 years ago, the way that people thought and acted was so different. I can see some really funny situations coming out of that and some very, um, some very moving situations as, as the kids are confronted with the reality of, of life in their great-grandparents' era. So um, the books really then focus on three kids, uh, Brandon, Hannah, and Alex. Um, ha Hannah and Alex are recent transplants to South Georgia from San Francisco, so they bring a, a very different perspective. Brandon's a kid from South Georgia whose lifetime ambition is to get out of his hometown and run away screaming and do something with his life, and he gets that ambition achieved a little bit sooner than he expected. 
when all three kids are swept up in, in this sort of mysterious time travel adventure they didn't ask for and don't really want, and uh, in the first book find themselves in England in World War Two. Okay. Well, had you written fiction before this, or was this your first time doing that? This is my first time officially. Um, I wrote an incredibly bad novel when I was 27. <laughs> and, 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 well, you have to, you know, when you're 27. I don't think you can write a good novel when you're 27 unless you're really exceptional. Um, and I didn't uh, write it with any intention of publishing it at all. Um, I wrote it because I was having trouble getting started on my PhD dissertation. I was having a kind of writer's block. And, you know, as I'm staring dully at the blank computer screen, I started thinking about the character and, uh, you know, I just sort of went from there. And I thought I was losing my mind, frankly. And uh, so when I was finished, um, my husband read it and my husband said, you know, this reminds me of Jack Lemmon, the actor, which was kind of weird because I really hadn't thought of the character that way, nor do I spend a lot of time thinking about Jack Lemmon for that matter. Um, long story short, um, he had me send the book to Jack Lemmon's production company, and amazingly enough, um, when when I contacted them, they were all enthusiastic, and I, they asked me to mail it, and instead I was living on the outskirts of LA, so I just jumped in my car and drove in my trusty old Toyota up the freeway to Beverly Hills and delivered it in person, wow. which was completely delusional, you know, because as a friend of mine in the industry said, you do not have a hope, you know, without an agent or a clue, and nothing came of it, and I sent it out to publishers, and nothing came of it, and nothing deserved to, but I learned a lot from that, um, and really, you know, my, my experience, quite honestly, in writing fiction before that had been, uh, you know, feature stories, I, I was trained as a journalist, um, and uh, I was editor of my college newspaper, and I liked to write uh, satire, and I was a runner-up in the Bulwer-Lytton Bad Fiction Contest <laughs> run every year by State University. So that was my fiction experience. So I've kind of surprised myself um, with this. I mean, even with this first book, I really um, honestly wrote it as a kind of midlife crisis, and... Uh, you know, if my friends buy copies, we're good. And it was kind of astonished. And we're now on the second print run. So um, you never know how these things will go. Right. So you were saying as far as in your books, you or this one specifically, you were hoping to to, to bring a bit more realism to the tra- time travel aspect and being right. in that period. What is maybe a common misconception or a common misportrayal of, of being going back into that type of period? Um, I think it's it's not the specific period, but I think in general, um, people base their writing about time travel from what they know. And if you are not, not to sound snotty here, but if you are not a trained historian, you tend to think that research involves knowing all the details you possibly can. Um, before I went to graduate school, I thought that when I went to graduate school, I would learn so much about colonial and revolutionary American history that I would know the color of George Washington's socks when he crossed the Delaware. And what really put me aback was realizing it's not like that at all. Right. It's about 
learning the, the competing kind of historian's arguments about what the past was like and really trying to understand the past on its own terms and how people actually thought, not just the material culture, but but the, the whole perspective involved. And, and really, you have to at some point come to a realization when you've been marinating yourself in historical documents that you could never really recapture it. The neat thing about writing about 1940 England was I, I felt like I had a chance of really being able to capture the feel of the period. And that's simply because I grew up, I mean, I was born 20 years after the end of World War II, but I grew up surrounded by people who'd lived through the war. Right. And, um, you know, just, just their attitudes, which many times bordered on the Victorian. Um, it was easy to sort of cast back my mind into my childhood and remember those people. And I was often dumbfounded by their attitudes, but, you know, I kind of had come to understand them from my reading history. And, and the best compliment I got, I have to say, was from my 92-year-old grandmother. Um, you know, I've had many compliments from strangers on my books, and I'm very, very proud of that. But it was my granny calling me from Scotland to say, how did you know all of this? Was it from books? <laughs> and I just, it's like, well, yes, granny, that's what, you know, the PhD after the name means. But I'm very proud of that because she did not find anything that I wrote at odds with what she remembered from the period. And, and really, I've yet to have any complaints about that. So that, that to me was a pretty major accomplishment. Much harder when I did the second book was to go back to 1851. Right. Um, and that's, you know, again, you have to use a combination of what you know, what you can research, what you can find out, the primary sources and the secondary sources, the historians' books. But you also have to use your imagination. And the good news about that is, from 1851, hey, everybody's dead. Nobody's going to call mm. up and argue with you. <laughs> good point. <laughs> well, I, hope. <laughs> I know you've done two books in the series so far. Are you going to continue with it? Yeah, absolutely. I have um, three books planned, and I'm working on the third. Um, and I'm setting it, I haven't yet decided a year. Uh, you know, part of the action takes place in the fictional Georgia town of Snipesville. And um, I, I've got to talk about Snipesville in a minute, but for now, I'll just say that's where it takes place. And I never really make it clear where Snipesville is. You know it's near Savannah, but it's not absolutely certain. And that was quite deliberate because, um, you know, I live in Bullock County, Georgia, and there's no question that Snipesville slightly resembles Statesboro, Georgia, where I live. But uh, because I'm setting this book in the 18th century, there really wasn't that much settlement here. Um, and so I'm kind of toying with the idea of really thinking about it being more in, in Effingham County, uh, sort of around that area. So, yeah, 17... I'm thinking about maybe 1752. I'm already writing it, but I haven't yet absolutely nailed down the date. And it has to kind of fit with what actually happened. So, um, yeah, 1752 is the target date. And, and one of my kids ends up as an indentured servant, which is unusual in this period, but it's still happening. There are still white indentured servants even coming to Georgia. Right. Um, and, and one of the children... Um, finds himself as, as the servant to a, a minister uh, who is a missionary being sent out by the Church of England. And uh, that's something I know very, very well because that's what uh, my academic research was on. And some of these ministers were real characters. And a lot of them, 
got fired, basically, because they said things that the local mucky mucks didn't like. And I saw lots of potential for using that in the story. So that's the one I'm working on. Now, Annette, from your accent, I take it that you're not from Georgia. <laughs> Actually, you know what, Barry? I'm not from Georgia, but I am a girl who was raised in the south of England. Ah, um, there you go. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm originally from Scotland, from Dundee, and uh, but I grew up in England. My parents moved when I was almost four, and... Um, I've actually spent all my adult life in the States, which I know mm. isn't apparent from my accent, but I came to America in, in 1981 as a high school exchange student and uh, met and married an American while I came, when I came back for college, and I've been here ever since. But I spend about a month over in Britain every year um, visiting, um, going to historic sites, doing research and other dorky, geeky things that I like to do. So um, I, I should say something about the Snipesville the little town that sort of stars in my in my books. Yeah. Um, I wrote the book. I was looking for a name for the town, and then I came up with you know I thought well it has to end in Ville or Borough or something like that that's distinctively South Georgia, and then I thought Sniper. I like that. That fits with you know my, my sort of larger plot for the series. So um, I, I thought Snipesville, perfect. And I was, uh, we were about to go to press when a friend of mine called and said, you do know that there is a Snipesville, Georgia. I don't know how I missed it Googling, um, but truly, there is a Snipesville, Georgia. Yeah, I didn't know and that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you wouldn't. You'd have no reason to. <laughs> it is a hamlet near Hazelhurst, which in and of itself mm. is pretty remote. Some right. Hazelhurst people, but really, you are quite remote for the rest of us. Um, and... Uh, it, it, I was doing a book signing oh, a couple of years ago, and, and a very nice woman came up to the to the desk, and she said, "I read your book, really enjoyed it." And my I'm a librarian in Vidalia, and my maiden name was Snipes, and my I think it was great uncle founded Snipesville. <laughs> and you're just thinking, I can't make this stuff up. <laughs> you know, Georgia is always ahead of me. You know, so uh, she's you know, Dusty Snipes to be a good friend of mine, but, you know, it's, um, it, 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 I just absolutely refused to change it. So what I did um, was I simply put a paragraph in the back that says, you know, really sorry, people of Snipesville, but it's not that Snipesville. <laughs> it's another one. <laughs> yeah, but Barry and I actually know um, Dusty, so, yeah, that's actually very interesting. Yeah. Oh, I bet you do. Yes, Dusty, a celebrity in her own right. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I wanted to uh, talk to you a minute about uh, if, if people are interested in checking out your books, uh, they're published by Confusion Press. Can they buy them straight from your website, AnnetteLang.com, or, or are they, how can they get them? No, any, any reputable bookseller, as they say. If they don't have it in stock, they can order it. It's in um, uh, Barnes & Noble and all those folks um, have it, and, and Amazon.com, and yeah, it, it's uh, pretty much uh, whatever good books are sold, they should uh, be able to get you a copy. And of course, and I hate to say this as an author, but um, your local library um, right. may well have a copy, and if not, they can uh, order one through Pines. I can't believe I just said that. <laughs> no, but that's great for us. You're giving us a plug, so yeah. that's great. <laughs> well, and you know, I, I can't tell you the, the number of times I've, I've checked out a book from a library, loved it, and then bought it. Um, and, you know, and I love people like yeah. you, Barry. No, actually, seriously, I don't mind. If every 
library in the company bought copies of my uh, country, it was an old company, but every, every library in the country bought copies of my book, that would be so awesome. I mean, basically, if you go into writing to make money, you're out of your mind. You know? <laughs> That's so, true. I mean, you, you know, it's, uh, what I love is, I get, is all the psychic rewards. I, I get fan mail from all over the country. A uh, little girl up in New York sent me a alternate version of the cover of the first book. I got fan mail, and this just totally cracked me out, fan mail from a nursing home in Massachusetts. Wow. I saying that my book was for middle grades. Um, <laughs> because I'm amazed at the adult writers, uh, readers who, who read my book. And um, I think my favorite thing was actually being invited to an adult book club to talk about my book. And they had made some of the food that I described. Mm. And what startled me about that was I never made that food. I had no <laughs> idea if it was edible, if it would work. And they had made it, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I want to eat this. But fortunately, they had made it well, so <laughs> it tasted good. But yeah, that gave me pause there. It, it just shows you, you, you know, people read what you write and take it quite seriously, and, and you know, they can come back to bite you. So you were saying it's, of course, directed to children. What specific age range is it that you're writing for? Well, I, I want, I, I'll tell you, I'll tell you the story. I, I am not, um, I'm not much for one for age banding. And, okay. and that sounds like a, you know, it's always a big cliche for authors, and particularly small-time authors like me, say, oh, my book is for everyone. I don't believe that, actually. It's mostly women read it and boys and girls. You know, as far as adults go, it's mostly women, but not entirely. Um, I was aiming for ages 9 to 12. Okay. But I wasn't really, I wasn't really worried that I would use words that were too long for them or anything like that. Um, I just wrote the book I wanted to write and a book that I would want to read. Right. Um, and so the end result is I have heard of a lot of families who read them together, which is really exciting for me because I think there's a lot of there's a lot of different layers to the books and I'm trying not to sound too pretentious about this. But, you know, I, 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 I do write it uh, on multiple levels. I mean, if you want to come to the book because you're interested in history, I hope you'll be happy. But I also really am I'm wanting to write it as an adventure story, and I'm wanting to raise some some of my own questions about life and the universe and everything. Um, so, you know, pretty much, I don't want to deter teenagers by saying, you know, this book is aimed at ages 9 to 12. In fact, that's one reason why we've changed the cover for the second printing is because the kids on the cover just look very young, and uh -huh. that was putting off them uh, really potential readers. So, yeah, anyway, I'm weaseling around this question, but I'm doing that for a <laughs> Okay, um, so I know people can kind of follow you at a, at your website, annettelang.com. Um, do you have a blog there or anything like that? I'm sorry, do I have a blog? Yeah, I have an, an often neglected blog. I just have two. I have one called News from Snipesville, um, which was initially sort of set out that I was going to do museum reviews and children's history book reviews, and reality has struck that I'm just overwhelmingly busy. I run children's camps in, in Statesboro. We do history camps and still doing that. Um, and uh, so, you know, between that, I'm writing a 
a history of Statesboro told through postcards, a little coffee table book, Arcadia Press. And so, you know, it's a little crazy. So my blog's been a bit neglected. I also, however, write a blog that I'm trying to keep up, which is more like a typical writer's blog with, you know, little anecdote stories and whatnot. And, and um, that one is on um, goodreads.com. Uh, I love Goodreads. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm actually hoping to get round to sort of linking it up to, to other sources too, like Amazon, and so more people will have access to that. And I uh, also keep my own mailing list. I have a couple of hundred people who uh, I mail a monthly newsletter to. Okay, and uh, you do school visits and things like that? I do do school visits. Um, that's as much a part of what I am and what I do, almost as the books. Um, mm -hmm. Because really it's all part of my trying to make up for, I mean, gosh, that sounds arrogant, but it's true. I mean, the, the, I'm afraid that Georgia curriculum in, in, in history for elementary school is just absolutely horrible, and you heard it here first. Um, and I've told people that who are very much in charge. I speak to teachers' groups and whatnot, and uh, it seems to me it's, it's, it's contrived to put people off history for life. So a lot of what I do is going around schools and just entertaining and, uh, you know, if you look at it as entertainment first and really try to get kids interested rather than teaching them about history, you're trying to get them interested in history, um, it can be a lot of fun. So I go in costume um, and when I do author visits, rather than just talking about myself and the writing process, I talk about the history behind the books. And so um, when I talk about book one, I talk about what was it like to be a kid in England World War II. And I have a multimedia, and I come in costume, we learn a song, we play a game. I have loads of hands-on artifacts. I dress up one kid as an air raid warden, and we have a good laugh. Um, and really, I'm absolutely passionate about doing this. And I keep, I do charge, because, you know, hey, uh, I'm, I'm worth something, plus I need to pay my bill. Um, but I don't charge an awful lot. I think it's pretty reasonable. And that's something that most schools can afford. Um, so yeah, I do a lot of school visits, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'd be happy for people to uh, take a look at my website and learn a little bit more about what I do when I do those. Okay. okay. And so again, for everyone who's listening, um, more specifically, we're talking about the Snipesville Chronicles book two. Of course, is um, was released this year. And it is entitled A Different Day, A Different Destiny. If you've missed book one, that is Don't Know Where, Don't Know When. And you can find that in your Pines library as well as on Amazon.com and Barnes and & Noble. Yeah. And your, and your local independent booksellers, let's not forget those. Yes, so true. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Well, Annette, thank you very much for joining us today. Um, it was really interesting. Well, Yeah. Thank you. And uh, again, okay, if anybody I'm... wants to get in contact with Annette, I think going through her website is probably the easiest thing to do. Yes. Uh, AnnetteLang.com. And uh, can you spell sure. the name for us there? It is A-N-N-E-T-T-E-L-A-I-N-G.com. Yes. Anything you wanted to say, Annette? Was there anything you wanted to say before we, we log off, Annette? Uh, enjoyed speaking with you both. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye.
outside now. That was really interesting. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm actually curious to, to see the books. You know, for me, it's like if it's not too long, I'm definitely interested in, in reading it. And since that was kind of why I was like, oh, well, what age were you, yeah. <laughs> were you writing for? Because I'm like, if it's young enough, then I can actually read it. <laughs> and I think it'd be, be great to, to have her come and do her presentation here. I think it would be. And I love, you know, anything that involves history in England, for that matter. I'm all for it. But I am interested in seeing, in reading the books. Yeah. Me too. Well, um... We don't have them yet, do we? We do not here at this library, but I, I know that... Pines you know, has it. Yeah, it is in the Pines system, and we are going to get them. So Cool. Great. Yeah, soon people here in uh, Milledgeville and Baldwin County will be able to, to check them out. I'll get on the list... To, um, to read it. Yeah. Well, um, I guess we're going to move into our miscellaneous wrap-up yeah. kind of thing. Because you didn't have anything to add for book talk. or Not really. I mean, I'm reading stuff, but... I'm nothing. reading nothing, so... Yeah. I, you know, I, I finished my novel last week, mm -hmm. uh, The Scorched God, and sent it off. and um, So now I'm supposed to be finishing a novella that's going to go in a short story collection called Killer Smile. Mm -hmm. And it's like a horror slasher thing, and I'm having trouble getting back into that mindset so it's been a, a little struggle for a few days i've okay. written like a paragraph or two and you know yeah. i'm about to get into some more blood and guts and i just i haven't been able to get in to the, the mindset <laughs> but uh I, i'm gonna probably try reading a horror novel in order to, to kinda, yeah to get myself back into that mindset because i've been reading a lot of pulp stuff you know for the rook um but but yeah, so um, nothing. Did you bring? I I I don't know why I'm asking. Do you have a poem for today? No, I don't. But last week we were ending, and I completely forgot that I had wanted to talk about Facebook. You were making fun of me because you know I have what over 400 friends, right? And I have over I get, 600, right? And I get inundated. I just feel overwhelmed by how many things I see on the news feeds. So instead of unfriending people that I don't necessarily care as much about. I've just hidden them on my wall, and you yeah, just so she's hit virtually everyone, almost everybody, but not not everybody. And I mean, I'm sure other people do that. So I'm curious to see our, with our listeners how many people out there actually do because I know people filter and do yeah. all that kind of stuff. How many people hide people on their walls? Well, I mean, I hide. I've hidden like three or four people. Right. So why not unfriend them? But that's different than hiding like three hundred people. <laughs> I mean, if there's that many people you're hiding, maybe you just have too many friends. Well, I mean, they obviously, the assumption is they want to know what's going on with me. Um, it's not necessarily, it's not necessarily reciprocal. I don't necessarily <laughs> want to know what's going So you're going to hide everybody pretty much, just, just so we can keep up with you. Yeah, sure, what's wrong with that? But they don't that? know they're hidden. Right, no. So, you know, it's kind of like, I don't know. They don't, they, I... they don't realize they mean nothing to you. Well, I mean, most people mean not. <laughs> well, I'm just saying there's nothing wrong with that, though. Not, you know, it's your Facebook. You do what you want. I'm just saying, you know, the only people I hide are... The, the, the people I've hidden are for specific reasons. Right, again, why not you know, just not be... One honest? of them uh, is another writer. And, I, hey, I don't mind self-promotion. I self-promote a little bit. Uh-huh, just time. a little. But not, not as much as, as this guy does. I mean, this guy does you know, seven, eight posts a day oh, yeah. telling you to buy his, his book. And it's like, you know... That's a bit much. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I understand why you're doing it. You know, you got to make... You're hoping to make some money. Mm -hmm. I understand that. But um, 
I don't dislike you, but I'm tired of seeing that. So I just, I hit that. You know? Yeah, I just, I, at this point, I like it because it's manageable. So I get to see the people that, you know, again. So how many really people cool. are unhidden? I don't know because I haven't really counted, but um, I would think, you know, because I told you, as they guesstimate. come up. I, I'm going to guesstimate that I might have 50 that are not hidden. So you hid around 350. Something like that. And let around 50 I did. Which, you know, as they go along, because at <laughs> first I was going in and manually doing everybody. Yeah. And I'm like, no, as they pop up and I really don't care, then I hide them. <laughs> so, so wow. again. So the number is increasing. Every yes. Day. Yeah. So, I mean, I might in the end have like 10 people that I'm really friends with. So I think there should be like, you should be, you could have Facebook friends and you could have Facebook acquaintances. And so those I would consider my acquaintances. Yeah. Because I don't, again, I don't filter my Maybe friends. Maybe like gold level friends. Right. You know, and silver level level friends and things like that. But yeah, I I mean I'm all for that. I <laughs> I know it's horrible, but it just because well, you, know, you know if you check it every day though it's not that bad. Well, I mean when you have so many friends and I have more friends than you. Well, I know, and then so many of them like post. Some of them post every two seconds. It seems like, and it's like seriously, do you not have a job or something to do? But I you know I, that's just that's just me. That's okay. Well, but to see, to you, anybody posts frequently. You post like once or twice a week. No, I tr well, okay, recently, but I try to post once a day. That's what I try to do. There are times when I do actually do that. Yeah, for like two, three days. Right. And then you take like a week or two off. Right, and then I go back to <laughs> once a day. It's not, you can't say I do it once a day. I said I try to. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, let us know on our Facebook page. We also have a new message board. Yes, yeah. TLSGA.org um, is our website. Yeah. And, you and then just click on the message board from yeah. there. So we do have a forum on the message board for our show. You can also email us, all yeah. that fun stuff. But yeah, let us know what you think about Facebook and hiding people or, you know, what is your preference? Do you hide them? Do you just filter your post? Because I just have mine filtered so that only really friends see it. So, of course, that's the whole 400 and something people. And I don't want to get all micro whatever into it. Yeah. But, um, or, you know, do you hide them? Do you just unfriend them? And how, how you know, how many people do you block? I, I know that a couple The only, the only filter have... I have is the LaToya filter. Right. So right. occasionally I feel the need to vent about LaToya, and so I'll, everybody can see that except LaToya. Right. I got that. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. That, that's how it works. Yeah. Um, well, I, I guess we'll start wrapping up. I, hopefully next week LaToya will be better prepared. Well, hopefully I'll be better. I feel yeah. horrible. I want to just go to bed. And I, I'm, I'm, you know... Kel did do a little bit of a song today. Yeah, that was a disturbing. I actually had to step out for that. That, um, yeah. Yeah, we might have to audition a new Stump the Jump singer. Okay. You know, maybe somebody on staff can step up since you won't do it. Nope. No, I won't. Yeah. Although, uh, soon we should have a theme song, right? Yes, yes. Which, actually, I need to get on. All right, Pumpkin that's... City. Pumpkin City, exactly. going to do something for us. Now, is, you don't know yet if they're doing something original. Or if it's no, it, it is original. They're writing it for in the stacks. Yes. Is it going to be called in the stacks? I don't know. I don't know for sure. Oh, that'll be awesome. Maybe they'll name drop us in it. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's time to uh, end it. Uh, we'll be back next week for episode six. Hopefully, you're still enjoying things. And until then, it's Barry and Latoya signing off. <laughs>